The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is Cooper Cup, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and joining me today, a new guest to the podcast. You've never heard him here. I don't think you've, you've never heard him on the serious show. He's a, he's a, he's a new face that uh, I, I'm loving to get to put with the uh, Twitter avatar. His name is Nate Hamilton. You can find him on Twitter at DominateFF. He is the... Uh, Fantasy football analyst over there at the Game Day NFL, which is the outfit where a uh, great friend of the program, Marcus Mosier, is currently doing a lot of his work. He's also the co-author of the last four seasons of the Fantasy Black Book, a very popular preseason fantasy publication. Nate, what the hell's going on, brother? Hey, man. Thanks a lot for having me, Alex. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I follow you guys. A ton. I'm a big fan of the the show, so I'm glad to finally be on it. Awesome, man. Well, it's great to put a name with the face and get to know you, man. We were talking a little bit before we went on, mm-hmm. and you said actually, did you? I just, I, I just made my 11th pick in Scott Fishbowl, so I know that I'm halfway through. And as usual, I hate my team. <laughs> I, I, um, Scott Fishbowl has a lot of unique scoring settings and every year i come into it and i'm just like jesus i mean i have all this thinking now i need to do about you know our redraft stuff and getting the getting the content up and i have a plan you know i, I have a plan for redraft leagues i have a plan right now i could i could go through and, and draft a team that would be perfectly tailored to the way that i see value falling and then scott fishbowl comes in and just throws it all out the window and says all right we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna make you know tight ends get a point per you know first down and we're gonna uh, you know all the rest of this stuff we're gonna ding quarterbacks four points for interceptions six for pick sixes we're going to um let you start however many of whatever flex you want etc etc you can even put a kicker in the flex a million different things to worry about how did you handle it let's hear i'll tell you you go 
you sh- you show me yours and then I'll show you mine because I'm in, I'm 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 sort of embarrassed by my team thus far. I'm not right. sure that this I'm not sure that the strategy that I took has really been too 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 fruitful. So I I'm picking from the 112 spot and I really wanted to pair a top running back with Darren Waller, who I you know was was there for me. And we, but, uh, and we tell the audience why you're thinking because people on this show they've heard a lot of redraft stuff. Why are you yeah. thinking about taking Darren Waller at the one two turn? Well, as you pointed out, so the Scott Fishbowl has a lot of crazy rules to it. So it's a tight end premium league, which means the tight ends get extra half points per catch. So they get a full point per catch with everyone else getting half point. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think they actually get extra points for first downs as well. So yes. uh, th- this scoring format heavily favors tight ends. So that's why I knew Travis Kelsey would would be gone by the time the 12th pick comes. So I'm eyeing um, Darren Waller, but at heart, I love running backs. So <laughs> both Zeke Elliott and Nick Chubb were sitting there uh, and I'm like, who do I pick, but you know, to pair with Darren Waller, who do you know? And then at, at some point I'm just like, you know what? I can't decide between these two. So I just drafted both running backs. No, it's yeah. That, that, yeah. that would have been hard for me to get away from too. So yeah. you start out, Start out with Nick Chubb. You start out with Zeke. Do you like Zeke this year? Do, I, I mean, I, I'm we're we're big on Zeke. He, he he feels like one of the safer picks in the first round. I love Zeke Elliott this year. Um, you know, think about what he did last year. He still finished as a top twelve running back in a terrible year, and I'll put that in quotes. In a terrible year for him. Right. And obviously, Dak Prescott is a big reason for that offense to be as successful as it has. Um, and even, you know, I obviously Dak went out early last season, but Zeke had some of his best games when when Dak was at quarterback. So now we're getting Dak back. Uh, Zeke is, you know, we're, we're seeing all these videos of him and I don't even need to see that stuff like but he's he's looking like the best shape of his life. Obviously, right. they say about all of them. But uh, you know yeah. he he's gonna crush this year. So yeah, absolutely worth the pick. For me. He's still he's he, he's he's still young. I was looking at it. I think I think he's still only twenty five. And this is and this is the first year that he's gonna. This is his first year in his in his new contract. Right. I mean, as much as good as Tony Pollard is, and as much as everybody in the fantasy industry wants to make that whole thing happen, I don't think that I don't think that the Cowboys are gonna make that whole thing happen unless their hand is completely forced. And the fact is that if they could have maybe foreseen a situation where Tony Pollard would be used on the field at the same time as Ezekiel Elliott was prior to the, maybe prior to last season or prior to last year's, not this last draft, but the draft before yeah. the fact that the Atlanta, you could blame the Atlanta Falcons for it, for those idiots pass. They took, they, they, they took AJ Terrell. They passed on CD lamb. They let CD lamb drop to the Cowboys. All of a sudden the Cowboys can get three of these wide receivers on the field at the same time. There's just not a, there's, there's not a place to put any two running back sets when you have Gallup, CD lamb, Amari Cooper, all those guys all yep. healthy. So with Pollard, I think it's going to take Zeke kind of getting hurt. I just, I don't, I don't, we were talking about this on the last podcast, Nate. And like, whenever you look at the, first round of these drafts and i know this wasn't on the sheet i sent you with t- topics right. but just hey, um, talk, man. whenever you look at it it's like you can find fault or you can find something you, that you don't like about all, like even starting at christian mccaffrey i mean he's coming off a major injury when's the last time we saw um a, a, a pick 1.0 a consistent 1.01 pick coming off a major like a major reconstructive right. injury um you know uh, Dalvin Cook has his own injury history. He feels 
relatively safe, but he has an injury history. Alvin Kamara, yep. you know, Drew – there's no more Drew Brees. Who even the hell knows what's going on with the quarterback situation? Saquon Barkley coming off injury. Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Marlon Mack is coming back. Naheem Hines is still there. Who knows if that's going to – like, you know, Aaron Jones, who's, who's the quarterback even – going to be like all these guys man but with but with Zeke the only thing that you really have that where you say you know you know him and Derrick Henry are two the guys where you can say well what really is that much different what is there not to like you know what is what is there not to like about this and I think with Zeke the thing that's not to like is people have this this impression in their mind from last year of Zeke kind of not being Zeke but that the offensive line was wrecked they had, I mean, they had, they had bad, bad, bad quarterback play after Dak got hurt. Every, like everything was completely derailed last season. Uh, this this year, if we get back to peak Zeke, man, I think it's big time. I, I I think that's a good. I think that's a good one-two turn for you, Zeke and Chubb. I mean, two like we talked about Derrick Henry and Zeke being safe outside of the Kareem Hunt worry with Chubb. He's kind of one of the ones that you worry about least as well because he's you know he you know he's proven. Um, week in and week out, despite the fact that he was, I think, hurt for what four, five games last year. Yep. Um, when when he was healthy, even even alongside Kareem Hunt, he's just he's 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 fine. <laughs> he, he he gets it done. So I like the start, but are you going to get swindled on quarterback or tight end? What 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 happened at the three four turn? <laughs> so all right, because so this is even different too. There's a th- a third round reversal. Oh, oh yeah, right, right, right. So, so I ended up with the 301 after I picked the 201. That's right. And I took the first wide receiver. And to me, the number one wide receiver in 2021 is going to be Stefan Diggs. That's, oh. that's my rankings. Okay. So I, I had to, I had to go Stefan Diggs there. So, and, and, you know, it's, I'm typically, I'm trained to just wait on QB forever, but because this is super flex league and there's so many points that, you know, uh, is, is granted to, to the quarterback position. I've never been more scared going into the fourth round without a quarterback in my life. So in the four and five round turn, I went Matt Ryan and Derek Carr. Those are the two best quarterbacks left. Um, They go quick. (laughs) They go go quick. But then, you know what? I I finished out my trio of wide receivers in sixth and seventh round with Tyler Lockett and Julio Jones. So I'm feeling really good about my team. No, man, that's 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 a that's a better that's a better looking squad than than mine. What I did at the beginning is I picked it to one point zero four, and after um, after Mahomes went off, it was it, it was it was two quarterbacks in McCaffrey off the board right in front of me, and so I just took Travis Kelsey because uh, you know um, at yeah. the it. And I decided, man, there, you know, there's for people who don't know, there's 1920 people playing this thing. So if you're going to win, you got to do you got to take some chances. You got to do some things that are a little bit different. Yep. I usually this this thing's for charity. I like I usually do it as something where I can experiment with um, maybe experiment with some wilder things. And uh, so, so I went I went ahead and went with Kyle Pitts with the second pick just to see if I could lock up two stud tight ends and then. From there, I mean, clearly I'm having to go with a zero RB approach because, you know, six or seven RBs now off the board. Right. I also wanted to not get swindled at quarterback. So I, I managed to t- I managed to get Joe Burrow in the third. And then by the fourth round, it was like you. It was like all that was left was the Matt Ryans, the Derek Carrs, like, the, you know, Baker Mayfields. I just went ahead and went with Matt Ryan so I could have the Matt Ryan to Kyle Pitts nice. stack there to help for the tournament. Whenever I got to my next pick – 
I looked at the running backs who were available to me and all, and you've, you've been, you've, you've been in this spot, even though it's in different place in redraft and it wasn't Scott Fishbowl, but sometimes you get to this spot where the best running backs available are like these, you know, guys that you're not getting pumped about the Kareem hunts, the yeah. miles, Gaffins, um, you know, some of these guys that where it's like, you know, they call them the running back dead zone types of running backs. And to me, there were guys, you know, Keenan Allen was still on the board, you know, so I'm like, I'm not going to pass on Keenan Allen in a PPR league that gives you a half a point for first downs. Right. Um, there, I ended up kind of reeling off a couple of wide receivers there. I'm just, I'm, you know, just keep putting off running back. I got Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, and then I went with Tyler Boyd just so I could pair him up with Joe Burrow. So I have the Joe Burrow to Boyd and Matt Ryan to um, the Matt Ryan to Pitts. And then for the last four picks, I've just gone all, all I've gone all uh, running backs. I went Trace, Trace, Trace Sermon, Damian Harris, Tony Pollard, Gus Edwards, and I'll continue with those. I'll continue with those kinds of crappy running backs, yeah, yeah. Uh, hoping I get a couple that hit. But I like the tight ends. I like that I'm set at quarterback. The overall feeling of the team is kind of, kind of, kind of gross and kind of tilting, and it's it's just a, a good way to get us ready for fantasy football season because Lord knows we're going to be tilting and hurt badly here soon enough across Absolutely. all our leagues. That's, that's usually how you feel about your team. You yeah. feel pretty gross about your team when you go zero RB. That's that's yeah. what I've learned. Yeah, for sure. Well, all right. So, um, an, an, enough of the Scott Fishbowl stuff. But as long as we were talking zero RB, I mentioned Trey Sermon as a guy who I was targeting. In that draft, I probably took a little bit earlier than some would have expected. For as far as their ADPs, he's going kind of next to fellow rookie Javante Williams with the Denver Broncos. How do you see those two guys stacking up, uh, Trey Sturman or Javante Williams in redraft? Well, well, for redraft, so it's tricky. The 49ers in recent years haven't used a workhorse running back. I know they've dealt with injuries and things, but it just has not been working out as far as producing a workhorse in recent years. Uh, the, the Broncos love to feature – a running back um, to do, you know, a lot of the work. And obviously with Melvin Gordon there, there's, there's a hurdle for Javonta Williams, but I believe that Williams has a better path to success in year one. Um, Should he outwork Melvin Gordon in preseason or, you know, as we were mentioning at the beginning, it's easy for running backs to get injured. If Melvin Gordon goes down, then Williams to me, I like him even more than Trey Sermon, to be honest with you. So I think, Williams in redraft over Sermon. What about staying there uh, on that same team and kind of in the same area of drafts is, is Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Do you have a, you know, Cortland Sutton coming off an injury and Jerry Judy putting out the TikToks of just, <laughs> have you seen these just like crazy. looking, looking crazy. Alan and I were talking on the pod earlier this week about maybe Cortland Sutton needs to be, um, moved down on our cheat sheet and Jerry Judy moved up to where those guys are converging just a little bit. Um, how do you have them stacked up? Is there one that you would rather have right now? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would agree with uh, you making that adjustment, moving Judy up and, and Sutton down just because, you know, there's always questionable. Everyone, you know, responds to injuries differently, but a torn C- ACL is no joke with a wide receiver. Uh, and he's, you know, Cortland Sutton's coming off of that. Uh, Jerry Judy, as you pointed out, looking amazing this offseason. He's looking really good. Like we're talking about yeah. those ticks. If, like if you're not a crazy online idiot like we are, like, what, you know, watching Twitter lists and stuff like that for all these videos, like you you might have missed some of these videos that Jerry Judy's putting out. Like he is, I mean, 
he's always been just so awesome with getting open and getting separation, but just seeing him and seeing him in these drills and these practices, dude, it gets you like, it gets your blood boiling to watch some football. It gets you yeah. fired up. It yeah. definitely appears that he's ready to take a leap this year. So yeah. I'm going Judy. The 2021 roster watch cheat sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet to change fantasy football forever is back only at rosterwatch.com. Winning fantasy players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. That's it. Three rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. An expert quality draft is guaranteed as long as you follow the rules. The three simple rules that a toddler could follow. The sheet is magical. It's mystical. It is mythical. It is the Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. Only at rosterwatch.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, so you're high on you're you're high on Judy. I mean, you're by default high on Judy if you like him more than Cortland Sutton because Cortland yeah. Sutton in a lot of these spots is, is is going at a higher ADP. What is is there is there one player who you're maybe much lower than consensus on? Is there somebody when you think about them, you're like, this is a dude who I just don't understand why he's going here. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like this is not you know people. You know, I, I, I see something out there that other people don't see. Right. So I'm going to kind of um, prior to last season, uh, I was lower on CEH uh, for Kansas City because I had concerns with him not being able to push the pile. And I even wrote a, a preseason article saying how I think he would compete with Miles Sanders for the biggest fantasy football bus. So I kind of doubled down on those two guys who the industry was just going nuts for. Eventually, was, CEH that, was getting that was as, that was smart of you. <laughs> that was yeah, good. I mean, yeah, that was good. CEH was getting picked as a top five guy. Mm-hmm. And even though in his first, you know, national game, televised game, he did crush it. He, he had a great fantasy football game, but he was stuffed on the goal line. I was five or six times. It was, it was brutal. So yeah. I knew that was going to become a problem. Um, so I'm still lower on him, not as much than everyone else because everyone's kind of adjusted. I, I think Concessus has him around the um, RB15. I've got him outside the top 20. So I've got him at the uh, RB21 right now. Yeah, That's kind of going again. CEH sort of feels like a trendy sort of uh, trendy sort of player that people are saying he's going to be a bounce back. You just don't see it because of – um, and the the reason why is because people say, look, it, you know, it, it's, it's, that thing's going to regress, right? That's what they say is, is the touchdown stuff's going to regress. What, what you're saying is no, it's, it isn't because he, he can't push the pile. He can't push the pile. But I mean, it's not just that, like they don't need him. The, the Kansas city chiefs offense don't need their running back to produce in order for them to win football games. So that's another big concern that I've had, no matter who's at running back there. Um, you know, with Patrick Mahomes, obviously, like you want the ball in his hands and throwing it to Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey. Like that is that offense. CEH is an afterthought to me. Of course, I think, yeah, he's he's going to have some great games. I just don't see consistent production or volume 
out of him. And that's why I'm a little bit lower on him. No, lower on CEH and coming into his second year. What about some of these rookies when you look at, um, do you think Justin Fields, do you think Justin Fields has any shot to start from start from week one? Or is that just, or is this Matt Nagy just so cockamamie and maybe, I don't know. I mean, do you think that there's any chance that Ryan Pace there is GM is told him like, look, don't rush him. Like if you don't rush him and we say that this has been a, this is all part of a process. It buys us extra time because we, we can say like, look, we, we need another year with, with Justin. You can't just fire us right now. I, I, I kind of maybe see if they play out the process like that and don't get him until later in the year and he starts showing nice signs that automatically buys a, a very tumultuous, uh, a, re- a regime that finds itself in a very tumultuous spot right now. Um, maybe, maybe buys them a little extra time. That's the reason I would think that they would not want to throw them to the wolves against the Rams there in, in, yeah. in week one. And, and that's the great point too, right? Do you want your rookie, your coveted rookie pick uh, to be thrown against, you know, Aaron Donald and the Rams week one? Probably not. So I personally <laughs> wouldn't start a rookie in week one, especially given that matchup. Um, but who knows what Matt Nagy, where his head's at. I know Andy Dalton for sure is not the answer. I do expect Justin Fields to start by week four or five. Do you I think? Just, yeah, I, I do. I do believe he starts earlier on in the season. Um, you know, being a Cowboys fan, and I think you are as well, uh, saw plenty of Andy Dalton last year. Uh, enough, even with those amazing weapons he had, I saw enough out of him that he's just not, a starting quarterback for for any for any NFL team this year. Let, let's see. So the the Bears next year. I, I just want to pull up our strength of schedule grid yeah. and just see. It's um so Chicago, Chicago. Where are you? All things that I could have looked up beforehand, but <laughs> I just didn't. Let's see. Their first. So you think after week after week. Well, they got a, they have a pretty good they have a pretty good schedule to start the year. So they go at Detroit, then they'll have at home versus the Giants, then at Atlanta. Those are three those are three pretty good matchups yeah. um, for opposing quarterbacks and wideouts. Indy, who knows? What and then yeah, Tampa Bay's in Week Five. You know that Andy Dal- Dalton's going to struggle at home versus Tampa oh, Bay yeah, for sure. So maybe after Week Five, that would be awesome if if that would be awesome if they if Justin Fields could make his week six start at Carolina who passed on him. That would be I, an inch. I think that sounds, that's right there. You just wrote yep. the book. I mean, yep. that's yep. just, you know, yeah. it's it, the NFL loves to be, uh, you know, like a romantic type of thing. And right. what kind of storyline is that? You know what I mean? Do you, do you think that, do you think that he'll start before Trey Lance? Who, who do you got this year? Trey, Trey Lance or Justin Fields? Um, as far as starting earlier, I, th- I think Trey Lance probably has a better or an easier path to start, um, you know, given the, the situation over there. I think that they've been wanting to get Jimmy Garoppolo out of there for, for some time now. So now they, they've got they've got the quarterback to, to do it. So the, the way I see them stacking up, though, for comparing, um, you know, Trey and and and. Uh, Fields, I, I think that Trey Lance will probably start more games because, again, I think I anticipate him starting earlier than Fields, but I think Fields will have more fantasy points per game once he does start. 
Oh yeah, I mean that's yeah that's fair. Do you, do you like I I um, I guess you like feels be, you like feels be, talent better as a as a passer and just as an overall quarterback prospect. I, yeah, I do, and also I just like um, how the the Bears offense is looking right now um, with the weapons they have. So I just think he has a better set of weapons all around. What about um, what about a tight end? If you were looking at these tight ends. Is there, for one, is there a tight end that you like right now who you find yourself getting consistently? Maybe if you're doing these mocks, you're doing best ball drafts. I'm sure you're doing a, t- you know, t- a ton of this stuff j- just like the rest of us. Um, two guys who I, two, two guys who I consistently seem to get, you know, at different points in the draft, of course, are Dallas Goddard and Adam Troutman. Both have ADPs right now that I find very, very appealing. Adam Troutman, I think this is going to start to change but you can get him in the 13th or the 14th round of, of redraft simulations. And I think it's going to probably start to change with Dallas Goddard too, that you can get him in the seventh or eighth round of some of these uh, redraft deals. Of course, in best ball, they go earlier because in best ball, you don't have the waiver wire open to you throughout the season. And so people need, they need to make sure that they have a viable tight end. You can't just, right. um, so they'll go earlier than that. But if you're just, if you're doing the simulations versus, uh, like the NFL.com, the Yahoo, ADP, the, you know, where, wherever everybody plays, CBS, et cetera, et cetera, ESPN. If you're doing it against those pre, those rankings that they have in the queues and, and, and the pre-draft ADPs, you can get those guys in those spots. I think those are both good values. Is there one of those that you like better? Yeah. I mean, honestly, because of how volatile the tight end position is, once you get outside of the top, two, three, four elite um, options there, it kind of becomes a crapshoot, right? So for so me- So you say just I, wait, <laughs> you just wait yeah, and take so trauma. Like, at that point, I'm going to take whoever's going later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Goddard, I, as much as I like him, still the ninth round is somewhat early for me for, for a tight end. Uh, you know, that's just basically, you know, that's how I draft. But, you know, no one wants to hear it, but Zach Ertz is still on the Eagles. Yeah, people so, are acting like he's already de- dead and gone, and, and, know, and, and they're like, "Trust me, he'll get traded. He'll get traded." And I understand. I understand they can save what eight eight million bucks by getting that done. But it's like, yeah. but um, it's it's like what uh, you know, it, it hasn't happened yet, and it's yeah. and and the fact that it will happen is compl- is pretty much baked into the ADP right now. So yeah, I could I could tell you about that. Is is there a tight end to you, who you find yourself getting with the same kind of frequency that I was just talking about that we're getting? Yeah, uh, guys like Goddard and Goddard and Troutman. Yeah, we talk. It's it's not. It's it used to be a sexy name, not anymore. But it to me, it's it, Rob Gronkowski, man. I mean, I can get him super late. Yeah, know? everyone's so quick to move on in in this industry. Like we always just want to move on to the next shiny thing. You were talking about it with Zeke earlier, and you know Tony Pollard. Oh, he's he showed that he had some burst in him when whenever he came in for Zeke. So Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard. And now everyone wants to forget about Gronkowski, who took a year off to, you know, get party. Who knows what he's doing? Yeah, like he was helping himself, right? Mm-hmm. He was just getting better as a person. And then look, look what he does. He joins back up with Tom Brady, and it took a little bit heading, in, you know, into what the fifth, fifth or sixth week into 2020. Then he started playing like the old Gronk again, and he scored two touchdowns at the Super Bowl. There's no like he's still going to be targeted by Tom Brady, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And you know Gronk is still a beast. I think he he can still catch eight plus touchdowns. 
which is all that matters really when it comes to, you know, later round tight ends. I think you're the first person on this podcast all year that's come on here talking about Rob Gronkowski. That's super cool. I mean, you do kind of, you, 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 you do just kind of forget about him and you yep. do feel a little bit, you do feel a little bit, feel a little bit weird taking old Rob Gronkowski in a, in a draft, but man, down the stretch last, down the stretch last year, definitely, um, definitely didn't he he didn't look dead that's no. that, that's for sure okay so uh, i was i was just i was looking through your twitter timeline and i noticed that you had this stat about wide receivers who didn't have the touchdowns to match their organic target output in 2020 um and so here's the guys who you listed who ba- based on targets just really really underperformed on touchdowns of course you tweeted this out from your twitter at yep. dominate ff um so it was Robbie Anderson, one, 136 targets, three touchdowns. Terry McLaurin, 134 and four. Cooper Cup, 124 and three. DJ Moore, 118 and four. Jerry Judy, 113 and three. Tyler Boyd, 110 and four. Boy, they hate him down there in the red yep. zone. Yep. Russell Gage, 110 and four. Cole Beasley, 107 and four. AJ Green, 104 and two. Crazy. Devontae Parker, 103 and four, and Jarvis Landry, 101 and three. So my question for you is out of all those guys, you obviously took the time to put put that group of players together. Which one of all those guys do you think gets the TD regression in buckets this year? Which which one is just going to go from having three touchdowns to having some kind of monster, you know, double digit just just you know? I mean, that one's super easy for me. It's Cooper Cup. I mean, you know, he had his that would have been my answer to total. Yeah. yeah, he had his lowest touchdown total of his career last year. Um, the year prior, he had 10 touchdowns. Last year, he had three. Uh, so it, it's got to be him. And now now he's got a better quarterback and Matthew Stafford throwing to him um, over over Jared Goff. So I think he just finds himself in a much better situation this year. And he, there's no doubt he's going to maintain that target share. Um, so there's no reason for his touchdown numbers not to increase in 2021. Nope. No more pesky Josh Reynolds BS either. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, and you, you, I, st- Stafford's going to love Stafford's going to love Cooper cup. He's going to love Cooper cup. I think that the other guy on here, another dude who I just, uh, just two guys who I've, or not similar players, but guys who I view similarly because they're two guys I fell in love with at the Senior Bowl, Cooper Cup, and I, I think Terry McLaurin. Whenever he has a guy, he has a guy like Brian Fitzpatrick there who's kind of willing to push it a little bit more. I can I can see the touchdown regression really coming for him too. But Cooper mm-hmm. Cup is is the is is the best answer. Okay, um, before this last question, Nate, just wanted to remind everybody where they can find you again. It's at Dominate FF. Uh, you can find his content at the Game Day NFL. You can also find uh, his work at the Fantasy Black Book, where he'll be in his fourth year as a co-author there. Please go make sure and check it out. Mobilize Unite. Go follow our friend uh, Nate Hamilton at Dominate FF. On is it on Twitter mainly? Do you do do any of this other stuff, or is yeah, it mainly Twitter, Twitter? Twitter is is my main uh, social media platform. Um, All right. I'm on uh, Instagram too at the Dominate FF. All right, I had there to you throw, go. Throw the, the D in there because somebody else already had the other one. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta strike quick when these new social media sites know, start up. All right, here we go, Nate. The big question that everyone needs to know—they need to hear from Nate Hamilton, the one player who represents the best overall value in fantasy football during these early 2020 redraft leagues. Yeah, man, there's a lot to choose from. To be honest with you, 
You um, g- but you got to pick one. From All right. For me, my one is Curtis Samuel. Right now he's being drafted as the wide receiver 43 in the end of the ninth round. Um, and to me, he's in a dream situation with Scary Terry stretching the field. Fitz Magic, uh, he may not want to air it out uh, as far, given how great the Washington football uh, team's defense is. They're going to want to maintain possession. And usually when, when an offense wants to do that, that heavily favors the slot receiver. So I think Curtis Samuel is just going to ball out big time in 2021.